0: Welcome to the Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce presents Members at Work podcast. Let's go, let's go, let's go and welcome uh, to Members at Work podcast presented by the Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce with my co-host Hope. And I'm Fela, and today we have our guest Phil from uh, from Cross River Bank. Uh, you're the senior vice president, correct?
1: So that's what they tell me. It's what it says. On <laughs> that's what daughter. they say. So, that's uh... what
0: they're saying now. Okay.
2: <laughs> Are you denying it, Phil? What's that? Are you denying that?
1: No, no, no. I'm I'm proud and, and I just want to say thank you to Fela, right? Did I say that yes. right? Fela and, and of course my old friend Hope Rothenberg. I, I, I can't I can't tell you enough, sort of and I'm actually back in the office today, right? And today we're we're about to finish July and, and Cross River is slowly reopening our doors and, and staff is coming back. No one's being forced back, people are back. I can't tell you throughout this process, having friends not just in hope but sort of what the chamber really created a an opportunity for businesses to to discuss what's going on issues that were happening how are you handling certain certain things and and you never really truly appreciate it i think we kind of sometimes take advantage like what the benefits of a chamber of commerce are and then covid hits and you need friends and you need colleagues and you need to hear what other people are doing and you need resources and the Fort Lee Regional Chamber has just been an absolute godsend to us. It's been sort of a, a real a leg for us to lean on and, and, and pillar for us to, to lean on. And, and, and on behalf of Cross River and our employees, and we're now 350 strong, I want to say thank you to the Fort Lee Chamber of Commerce, obviously for today and hosting this amazing podcast, but more importantly, for being there for small businesses when we all needed it the most. Uh, and that's not easy. Thank you. I really
2: appreciate that. Because, you know, at one point, as you know, we were doing like daily newsletters to just keep abreast. Things were happening so fast, so much going on. So thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. Now let's get to Cross River. That's why we're here today to learn a little bit more about your bank and you. And um, I know that through this all, you guys have been really super busy with the PPP program you wanna talk about that a little bit first for starters?
1: Yeah, uh, so so that's uh, I mean, right there is I can I can go on for hours just on that one question alone. Um, and again, thank you for having me. Cross River was founded actually not in Fort Lee in 2008, we were founded in Teaneck. Um, so don't tell my friends at the Teaneck Chamber of Commerce, I'm cheating on them. But the truth is while we were born in Teaneck, we were actually raised here in Fort Lee uh, just a couple of years after opening our doors. We settled here in Fort Lee um, for amazing offer space, for amazing views, and for a m- even more amazing neighbors. Um, and now we've grown here in Fort Lee from what it was 20 employees when we were here to over 350 right now, and more importantly, we actually purchased the building so that we're not in Fort Lee short term, we're here for the long term, um, and we're investing right back here in the community that raised us. And so, Cross River began in two thousand eight as kind of a, a post recession. Now most people ask after the recession, is it really the best time to be opening up a bank? And I can see, feel up, you're give me those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Phila, I didn't yeah. realize that. Why would you open a bank in two thousand eight where every bank was <laughs> suffering? And the reason was is because banks were suffering for sure, but you know who was suffering more? Communities and people were suffering because the banks were no longer serviced, uh, no longer servicing. They weren't lending. They weren't providing basic financial activity. And so communities were suffering without access to financial services and cross service said, you know what, let's not think about sort of the timing. Let's not think about sort of how we're going to make a profit. Let's think about how we can offer financial services to a community that doesn't have it right now. And in 2008, we sort of leaned into the crisis and said, we're going to provide financial services. And I'm happy to say, what we realized very quickly is that we weren't struggling with the same thing and the same problems that these banks that had just went through the recession were struggling with, right? They had to understand a whole new regulatory structure and new laws and new new rules. We were born into the new rules, right? They were dealing with all these troubled assets, bad loans they've made and mortgages and things that we didn't have any of that. And so all of a sudden we were able to lend to people in our community. And these were people who were you know, good, these were good loans, right? To people who needed it, who were going to pay it back, who were responsible business owners, responsible community members, who just literally needed access. And that's what we provided. And I, you know, I say this so much, but we're, we're, we, we, we do well because we do good, right? Like this idea that, like, we did good work. Our goal was just to find a way to service the community. And thank God we were successful. Um, and, and because we did good work, you know, you know, we were blessed to be successful. And so it's always been part of our mantra to kind of lean into disasters, lean in where most people are running away from the problem, we kind of run into the problem. And so when COVID hit, it was very, very simply for us. We're a bank that sort of understands technology. We're a bank that's sort of a, a bit more future thinking. And so how do we utilize technology to continue to provide access to service? And when the PPP program um, was born in late March, I think in March 23rd, March 24th, and the, the government, paid, the Congress passed the CARES Act and the introduction of the PPP program, it wasn't even, you know, and I, I, I say that sometimes my CEOs and love it, but I say it wasn't even our CEOs said, oh, we're going to do this, right? It wasn't even our senior leadership. It wasn't even me. It was our, you know, rank and file employees who said, hey, We don't know what the economics are. We don't know how it's going to work, but we should do this. Why? Because people need access, right? You know, the SBA wasn't going to make these loans. They were putting it on the banks. And you were hearing this. It wasn't, you know, before we did a thing, you were hearing the biggest banks in the country basically saying, we're not doing it, right? It's not profitable. We're not going to do it. We're not going to offer it. And we realized this is an opportunity for a community bank to step in and do it. And Cross River, utilizing technology, we didn't just make one or two loans or 10 or 20 or, or service just, you know, the local streets around us. We ultimately now, as of yesterday, have made over 160,000 loans. Um, mm-hmm. and, and here's the best part, because people kind of get caught up in, oh, so you just made so many loans. You know what the best part is? Our average loan size was less than $38,000. And so think about in Fort Lee, right? Your average small business, the ice cream shop, the nail salon, the... Uh, you know the 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 local art store. These are not massive businesses or big corporations. It's just the opposite. These are people with four or five employees trying to to make a living, and no one's walking up and down the streets anymore. No one's coming into the stores. The problem is is that the biggest banks, many of them in New York, right, aren't taking their calls. Right, like they're taking calls as you all heard. You, you all heard the stories of, you know, the biggest corporations getting the loans or the biggest businesses getting the loans where were these people going to go? And so Cross River kind of stepped up. And with our, you you think about it, you think our, our 300 employees or 350 employees made about 50% of the loans that a Bank of America or Chase that have hundreds of thousands of employees made. And Bank of America said last week, it took them 10,000 people to originate their loans. We did it with a, I mean, all our staff chipped in, but I would say about, about 75 to hundred staff fully dedicated to the PPP program, stepped in to make our 150,000 loans. And and it's just so rewarding to know that we were able to give back to our local community, but to really main streets all across America who had nowhere else to turn outside of sometimes their community banks. And obviously to to many people, it was was right to to us here at Cross River, who's we're a community bank. We're not in their community, but we're a community bank.
2: Yeah, very well said, yes. So is are there still PPP funds available?
1: Yeah that's a great great question. Um, yeah there are still PPP uh, PPP funds available We're in what we're calling round three now. Round one was round one was just in, it was last about 10 days so it started April 3rd and went till about April 12th or 13th in that time uh, we did about 15,000 loans Round two, everybody thought the program was going to end on June 30th, went until about June 30th and Congress said, okay, we're going to open the program back up and money was still available. Um, and that ended on June 30th. And then there was still money left in the program. And Congress once again said, we're going to open it up and we're going to extend the program right now as it stands till August 8th the program has plenty of money left. And so people say to me all the time, well, what do you mean anybody who needed the loan? Didn't they get it a few months ago? And the answer is, if you were a, let's say you were a small restaurant and your restaurant was closed and so you weren't going to pay your employees and so you didn't take that loan, versus now if you're in New Jersey, by the way, and huge credit to, to Governor Murphy and to his administration, who I think, I'm a New Yorker, I will say this very proudly, I think did a much better job um, than Governor Cuomo in New York and sort of it, it was less about the show of it, more about look look here's what we need to do to stay safe and let's find a way to make sure that we're doing that. And now you're seeing it. And I picked up my Dunkin' Donuts on Lemoyne Avenue this morning. I don't pick it up anywhere else. I make sure to go because I know even a franchise is a local business. It's a local owner. And so we have yes. to support. Yes. I walk in and there's actually, there's, there's business happening, right? And so a store like that or one of our local coffee shops, they're starting to rehire now. And they're saying, hey, now I want the loan, right? I didn't want it three months ago when I was closed. I want it today. And so today mm-hmm. we're actually seeing pretty significant volume. I mean, we're making still, I mean, people are shocked. We're making hundreds of loans every single day. Still over the weekend, I think we did almost 250 loans over the weekend. And and, and here's the best part. These loans, 5,000, $6,000, right? We, there was a few for, for 25, 26,000 small dollar people who just, you know, it's, I'm a, you know, two employees. I want to make sure I could pay them for the next few months. And so program is still up and running and it's exciting. Um, even more exciting is that there's talk, and whether you, wherever you lie on this on the political spectrum, there's talk in Washington that there's going to be two exciting things happening. Number one is potentially a second round. Uh, number one is excuse me, an extension of the current program through the end of the year. Um, and so, people again who still yet have not come back are going to have the opportunity to continue to apply. This has not happened yet, but this is what they're talking about in Washington. And number two is potentially a second round uh, for certain small businesses who still need access. And so internally, like I said, we're still making loans. And and more importantly, we're already thinking now how we're going to make our systems even better so that when the program does open for a second round, we can continue to serve small businesses in need. Okay.
2: So are some of the businesses already having to start to pay back the money, Phil? Isn't there a...
1: Yeah, no, not yet. The money was, uh, the loans are, are, as many of you know, it was initially two-year term. Um, the the legislation that got passed in, I want to say in late, uh, in late May, changed it to five-year terms. Um, 1% uh, was, I think, deferred up to 12 months. Um, and so payments are not actually due yet. The, the SBA is still working out the details on the repayment and then ultimately the forgiveness, I think, which most people are, are thinking about. Remember loans, and, and this was also changed midway through the program. Loans that 60% of the loan went to pay employees, right? The, the idea was a paycheck protection. So, 60% of the loans, if that went to pay employees, the other 40% on other expenses, utilities, rent, that is all p- potentially forgivable by the federal government. And so, most of the loan, I think most of the people who took the loan believe that it's going to be forgivable. Uh, I think the SBA announced last week that I think the, the portal for forgiveness. Is going to be open on August 10th. And so we're working with some more technology partners to start that process going to, you know, again, we haven't started the forgiveness process yet, um, but we have sort of, uh, we have started to understand what it's going to take. Remember, it's not just about making loans to 150,000 businesses, right? Because now if you are a small business and, and I believe you are fellow, right? You're a small business and you're concerned. It's like, okay, I got the loan. That was hard, right? And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always easy. I like to think that anybody who came to us, we made it as easy as possible, but it wasn't always easy. But you finally got the loan, you feel good about it. And all of a sudden now it starts to, to creep up on you the anxiety. It's like, oh, wait a second. I have to think about am I do I have to pay this back? Is it going to be forgiven? When is it going to be forgiven? How often am I going to have to make payments? If I didn't use it right, is there going to be a penalty? Like, oh my God, what do I do? And I think. From our perspective as the bank, we want to give as much information as possible. I'll tell you a great story. Um, sometime in April, um, when the program reopened, April or early May, you know, someone called me and said they were having issues with our portal. Right, they're having issues uploading some documents. And I said, "Hey, you know, we were working with another great bank here in, in New Jersey who's still accepting loans. You know, go to them." And the person was shocked. They're like, one second, you're telling me I should go somewhere else?" I was like, "Yes." Yeah. It's so important you get your loan with as little anxiety as possible. If, if our system, for some reason, by the way, and it could have been because your license wasn't reading right or your bank statements were, for whatever reason, it, the system wasn't working here across the river, my goal was to get you a loan. And so we actually, I talked to fellow friends in the community who were also making loans and we go talk to Steve over at that bank. Like he can help you. You know, I, you know I've sent a whole bunch of folks to him. Our goal was to get folks the assistance they needed. I mean, it, it was interesting. Someone said, uh, someone who came through the process also said, well, you denied me very quickly. I said, I'll tell you the reason is, is because we looked at the documents and, and our system couldn't read the documents. And I could have tried to make it work, but that would have taken five, six days while you're waiting, right? You're waiting for those five days while we're trying to figure it out. Go somewhere else. Like, i rather tell you I can't do it and you get the opportunity to go somewhere else. And I think throughout the process, more you're going to laugh, but people like, thank you for telling me no, right? Because at least I know where I stand, I know what the information is, and I know where to go next. I think that's how we're going into this, uh, into the forgiveness process, very similar, in that our goal is to sort of give people as much information as possible so they can make the most informed decision. And so I tell people, please, and I I know I'm getting a ton of email, take a deep breath, don't worry, cross river, as you're, you know, I always say this and, and hope you know, the trusted reliable community bank behind the technology. Right? And so I say like, we're human beings here and we're going to always be here to answer the call, regardless of where you are. If you're in Fort Lee, if you're in TNEC or if you're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, or in, in San Francisco, California, we're going to be here to answer the questions, give you the information you need as best that we can. And so people at this point we're asking just to be a little bit patient. It's not even from the bank's perspective, right? The SBA is still figuring it out themselves. Remember, and I'm going to say this, and it's not always—it's not a popular opinion, but the banks get a lot of the credit. The SBA has never done anything like this, right? On an average year, they're lending you know a couple hundred million dollars a year, whereas in this couple of months, they've lent billions of dollars, right? And so the SBA has really been through a lot. And so through the forgiveness, we have to understand they're also a pretty small agency. We have to give them the chance to sort of understand what's going on understand what it's going to take to process this many forgiveness applications and then ultimately process the repayments. So it's a process. Uh, some people have started to repay, right? Just for peace of mind, our servicing company reached out to them already and they started making payments. They don't have to, no one has to yet, but some have, and, and that's okay. Right? Some people just uh, want to sort of, again, like I said, take it off their mind. I want to make sure that I'm on top of it. And I say the same thing personally, I do the same thing. I want to make sure that I'm on top of it. I don't want to pay a day later on the due date. I want to start paying before it. Right. So as information becomes available, Hope will give it to you. And, the, and the I was
2: going to say, we may want to do some kind of a speaker breakfast or something via Zoom and help people prepare or you know, just so they know what they need to do. That might be a great thing to do in August or September or whenever you think. Just yeah. so you know and we'll make it happen.
1: Yeah, thank you. We'd love to. I think almost I'd say our percentages of, of loans in, in New Jersey were high, but I, I like to think that our, our focus was on the community first, right? And to make sure that like if somebody in Fort Lee or in Teaneck or anywhere in Bergen County for that matter or northern New Jersey needed help, we wanted to make sure, you know, you you know, charity begins at home, as they say, right? And so it doesn't matter how great we're doing, if we're not working with our with our friends, colleagues and our neighbors and in New Jersey, then we're we're not doing right. And I can tell you again, I, I I don't have enough to say about about uh, Phil Murphy, but also his administration. I mean, I, I I Tim Sullivan at the New Jersey EDA was literally one of the first people that reached out to me when when COVID was was getting going in, in in late March, and said, "What are you guys doing? What do you need from us? How can we join together to offer additional assistance and 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 just sort of even." What creative ideas can, can we come up with, right? You know, when you put the public and the private together, with the right, with the mindset of like, how can we help people? Good things happen, and so EDA came out with some amazing, amazing programs that that even you know before the SBA or before the federal government came in, uh, we're really doing an amazing job. And so it's like I said, it, it's been just a pleasure to have so many great partners here in New Jersey, just doing amazing work.
2: Well, I know our members are very thankful for those loans. I can tell you that. And I know that, you know, people were calling me and saying, I need to get a loan. Where can I go? And so I literally did call around, too, to see who was still giving out PPP loans. And it's important that people know where they can go. And you're right. Now it's probably just as important, if not more so, than it was a month or two ago, because people are trying to reopen. That's a very good point. And I, you know, a, a lot of people are complaining about traffic, by the way. Traffic
1: on <laughs> the main roads, it makes me so happy. Um, you know, again, sort of making the right turn when I have to get my coffee and like it's all backed up. I was like, this is good. I like it. Right <laughs> There are people around, there's people parking. It's it, sort of, it's, I know it sounds crazy, but it's just, it's so reassuring.
2: It is. It is. You're right. You're right. It's a good sign. That's right. Sign. So, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was your, I read about your entrepreneur program. I think it's pretty new. And so I'd, I'd really like you to talk a little bit about that.
1: So uh, gosh, okay. This is like another, we could spend a whole you know, few hours on this topic. I, You know, it, it would have, you know, it, there's a Jewish phrase, like it would have been enough, right? If you just would have had X, it would have been enough. It would have been enough, right? I kind of feel like, if we would have just stayed open as a community bank in the community, that would have been enough, right? If we would have, you know, stepped up and offered PPP just for the community, I think, you know, people would have said, that's great, thank you so much. But we did so much more than that. And I think just doing the work we did in PPP and not focusing on anything else, like I think most people would have said it would have been enough. We were were born um, on the foundation of service and how can we give back, especially at times of need. And we were in midst of the PPP program, and I say a lot of my team, and, and hope you've gotten to know most of them, right? In the public affairs team, you know, in in you know, you're not so much focused on public affairs because you can't get out much, right? You can't do too much, and so we basically they all turn their focus on on PPP. But but David on my team um, and Eugene on my team approached me and said, "We've got a real opportunity here. People or businesses are struggling not just for loans; they're struggling again for information. What do I do? How how do I?" navigate these times? Like how do I budget for this? How do I, and we partnered um, obviously with a lot of local elected officials, but an organization called Operation Hope. Operation Hope is a, yeah, exactly. (laughs) thought you would. Operation Hope is a national non-for-profit that focuses on financial literacy. It's, it was started by a fellow by the name of John Bryant, who is I think nationally internationally renowned at this point for the amazing work that he does. And Corus River partnered with them. we partnered with them before COVID sort of with the idea that we want to do more work. Obviously, once COVID hit, it was sort of a just, it just it was a sign, right? We have a responsibility here. Um, Operation Hope provided us with more than just a, a, a platform um, and an opportunity to talk about financial literacy. But they op- they provided opportunities throughout COVID at every stage to offer what that stage needed at the time, right? And so whether it was you know how do you budget while you're closed or how do you manage your employees while you're closed or how do you you know how do you um, how do you think about uh, staging the closure and then then as we kept going in. Now that you're closed, what do you do to ensure that you're ready to reopen and how do you manage your inventories and how do you manage your financials? And, and all these typical sort of ideas that sort of in the in the moment were just so relevant. And we did webinar after webinar, town hall after town hall. We partnered with members of the assembly, members of the Senate. We partnered with local organizations, with the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. Anybody who is looking to sort of offer any and all assistance to the community, sort of, we leaned in and said, hey, how can we do more to help? And as where we sit now, you start to think like a lot of small businesses, two things. Number one, a lot of small businesses are reopening. And so we need to provide some sort of guidance, advice, you know, sort of thoughtful leadership, but not just on a webinar. And this is the beauty of Operation Hope because Again, right, you could just say we did a webinar, we washed our hands, we're good. We're done. <laughs> Operation Hope provides ongoing counseling, one-on-one. We'll talk to you to discuss the nuances of your specific business and how we can be helpful and what you need to be thinking about. If they can't help you, they partner you with an Operation Hope mentor somewhere else who has that experience and that expertise. And, and sort of where we are today, you know, some people think about entrepreneurship, and you say, what are you, crazy? Like, I'm going to think about starting a new business or becoming an entrepreneur. This is the time, right? Now, you know what they say, what is it, crisis breeds ingenuity and an opportunity. This is exactly the time to talk about how are we going to change what we do to face the realities of the new world. And you think about where Cross River came in, in 2008, 2009, 2010, where, you know, sort of banks were exiting the community and and people who didn't have bank accounts were losing services. How can we find new ways to utilize technology and utilize innovation to create this new business? And Cross River was born and today we're successful. And I think there are so many opportunities for small businesses. I mean, you think about podcasts, right? Who consumed podcasts before versus all the live programming went off the air, right? All the opportunities and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know what? And I say this from a personal, I used to listen and and I probably shouldn't anymore to to satellite radio in the car. And throughout when I was in the car, I actually started picking a podcast, right? Like, you know, it's sort of number one, I just wanted to tune the world out, right? You just couldn't hear any more bad news. And number two, (laughs) if you don't realize how much good relevant information is is sort of available through via podcasts, And this is, yeah. I think, today is a good example,
0: right? Right, fella? Oh, yes, definitely. You get the long version of the explanation. Just getting 30 seconds of what you just said is like, I, I think I got, uh I don't really know. Yeah, but to get the long form of what you just talked about with the PPE and, and yeah. hope and, yeah, I mean, just... That and just blew my mind. I had no I idea. Hope, yeah. I, I saying, hope, look at you. Hope. I hope your business, you're finding new ways
1: to utilize your service. And I think your oh, partner yeah. is a great example of that, right? Something oh, yes. that I may not have thought of it before, but I'm going to do it now. Uh-huh. And our program, and the goal is to tr- pr- try and provide people who are a little skittish. I'm nervous. How do I do it? Is it the right time? to try and, number one, and in a larger scale, provide those, the guidance, the advice, ready for this, the hope, right? Hey, yeah, I'm going to try this. I'm, I'm going to try and, and dip my toe into this and see if it works. And I think, you know, some people just need that. You know, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's not complicated. You just have to offer people a little bit of guidance, a little bit of, of direction, and all of a sudden their ingenuity, their creativity just take off.
2: Yes. Well, it's scary though, just under normal circumstances to think about starting your own business. But now with COVID, it has to be that much more so. So just having your bank as, as a resource is fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, look, it's about creative partnerships, partnerships with the Fort Lee Chamber of Commerce, partnerships with organizations like Operation Hope. It's, a, it's our, you know, when I can't say this enough. You know, you you do well because you do good, and it's not just about, you know, sort of obviously. You know, you hope that you know you're you're doing right by the community, but you're it's it's karma, right? It's just it's a good you know your your goal is not to it's not about how do you maximize your profit. It's how do I maximize my service to the community, and and God shines down and, and makes sure that you know that 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 you do well, and and we are a living, breathing um, sort of success story where that's you know that's sort of been the case. You know, our our goal is, is, and I say this all the time, people come to us as a bank. They say, oh, you know, we're doing this event. Can we, can, can you give a contribution? The answer is always yes. You know, our goal, and, and it's not even post COVID always. Our answer is yes. But more importantly, I say, how can I take my employees and can we embed ourselves? How can we volunteer? How can we, we don't want just, and I, I say this, but the, 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 the public schools did a charity race and they called us, would you sponsor our race? I said, yeah, we'll sponsor your race, but how many runners can we get to run? And they're like, really? I was like, yes. And we ended up turning in over 20 runners who went out to run to help support. And so it wasn't just that the bank was writing a check. All of a sudden now we had our employees who were trying to raise money for the organization. So it's about a partnership. It's not about, you know, one stop or one time thing. It's about creating a a long lasting partnership for the benefit of all of the community, for us as the bank, and and ultimately for for all the neighborhoods that we support.
2: Well, I have to say, Phil, since day one when I met you, you have been saying that. What can we do in the community? How can we help? It's not just about your bank; it's about the community, and that's what I've always liked about working with you and your people. So,
1: yeah, thank you. And I'm I I, I want well, I can't say this enough. I'm only as good as the people I surround myself with. I mean, you know, David Kaufman on my staff and Eugene Schwartz. I mean these. They do the real work. My job is to like get my hair looking pretty and make it look good. They do all the real work. I mean, they're they're pounding the pavement, you know. I mean, they were literally at the worst times were in the local hospitals. And we donated over 200,000 pieces of PPE to, to our local hospitals. And they, in the worst times, were delivering food and delivering equipment and whatever people needed, we were out there trying to deliver. And they weren't afraid. They didn't say, hey, I'm supposed to be home. I don't want to go out. Whatever it takes, we're going to go out and do it. Um, I mean, I think, I hope, I think it was you connected us with a program. We were calling seniors um, yeah. in the community. We yeah. had over 20 staffers here that literally on a daily basis had a senior buddy, as they called it, and we're just calling people in the community, whatever it took. I mean, it's just it's what we're here for. And I, I was just doing an interview. I, I was doing an interview with a, a local reporter who basically said, I don't believe it. This is, I don't believe it. All the things you're saying, Phil... It's good spin. It's a good story, but like, come on, what's the real story? And I, God's honest truth. I mean, it, it's really this is it. This is who we are. This is what we're here to do, and we're just so happy to do it.
2: I can attest to that. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Yes. yes. Thank you
0: so much for being a part of the the Fort Lee Chamber, a regional yes. chamber uh, family. I mean, yeah, this is exactly. What I'm here for is uh, spreading the news of this to our local community and and entrepreneurs that hey there there, it's a scary time but there's help there there are you have options. That's right. And that, that that's that's scary when you don't have options. That's the worst. So
1: yeah, well, thank you, Phil. And, and no, my pleasure. Thank you. For, thank you for, for, so much. For all it's of a it. pleasure to welcome you to our family, and uh, uh, I'm excited you for so your success and our collective success for everybody, and uh, yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll see each other on the street
0: real soon. Exactly, and now. in the studio, yes, in the studio, to come right. in, yes, we have to do this. Um, yeah, thank well, you. Hope, um, do we have any housekeeping? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's going on around Actually, summertime is kind of quiet for us because, well, traditionally people were
2: going on vacation this year we're going back to work. But um, what we're actually working on a lot is uh, our big, what used to be called the dinner dance. This year we're going to call it our gala. And we honor our persons of the year. And that's going to be in October. More news to come. And that's really what we're focusing on. And then in September, we're planning to do some programs. And Phil, I think we really do need to talk about maybe um, doing something about helping people prepare to repay their PPP or, you yeah. know, get their ducks in a row so they're ready.
1: Yeah, no, I'm happy to do it. And like I said, I have a team of experts here who, whose focus, first and foremost, is, is putting out good information helping the community.
2: Terrific. We will do that. Thank you so much. A pleasure to meet you, Phil. I look forward to many, many more,
0: uh, more podcasts. All right. All right. Well. Yeah. H- hold on a second. Thanks. I'm going to just uh, outro us out. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to the Members at Work podcast. Uh, and you see why you need to join <laughs> the Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce. I mean, it's, just, it's relationships like this. I'm a podcast studio owner talking to a banker, and, and, and yeah, it's just and it all works. We we all can help each other out, and this is the reason uh, that we we're doing what we do. So, thank you so much, Phil, for coming on, um, and hope for me and my co-host. Uh, <laughs> on. Yes, all right. Uh, thank you, you. Know, everybody. Yes, thank you, everyone, you for did. listening, and let's go. The Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce is your resource portal for business information and contacts. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you're leaving with some great things that can help you and your community every day.